number of years ago, I discovered a pastor who was a very compelling preacher. So compelling that I made use of a number of his resources across the course of several years. There were times on Sunday evenings when we would set aside special study times and we would watch videos featuring this particular preacher. As time went by, though I noticed that his preaching began to change. That while there had been a time when he taught out of God's word and he taught powerfully and authoritatively, that began to change and he began to change some of the things that he was saying about the way he went about ministry. The first thing I remember is that he decided that the Old Testament didn't have the authority that the New Testament had and the truth is that it did not have the same quality of truth that the New Testament had. So as a church, we just needed to do away with the Old Testament. Then I began to notice that he began to preach messages that were much more topical than they were scriptural. They were more about five ways you could find more happiness in your life. Here's a good way to discover peace. And somehow in the midst of it, scripture began to fade away. Then he began to believe the Bible was more about general principles than specific directions from God. And most recently, he embraced a, a call for Christians to examine, re-examine what we believe about unbiblical gender choices that people are making. And he began to say, maybe we're the ones who are wrong about what God really intends for people. Do I think this person has deliberately turned away from what he once believed? Do I think that he made a drastic choice one day that he would just turn away from God and God's direction for his life? Am I convinced that he abandoned his faith in Christ? Should I tell myself he never really believed at all? No, what I believe is happened in his life is this. Over a period of time, he wandered away from the authority of Scripture in his life. He began to say to himself, while the Scripture is a nice guideline, it's not necessarily God's truth for God's people. And he drifted away from a rock-solid commitment to the Bible as the true and trustworthy Word of God. There's one thing I believe, and it is this. Whenever faith is separated from the authority of Scripture, faith will always grow weaker. Faith will always become more diluted. An ungrounded faith will never grow stronger. And that's why I would say to you this morning this, faith in Scripture must always be bound with unbreakable bonds. And that's why this morning as we continue to look at this series of questions, why should I, why should I believe the things that I believe? This morning I want to talk about the question, why should I trust in Scripture? Why should I trust the Bible as the unbreakable Word of God? Why should I depend upon the Bible in ways I cannot depend upon any other book that can be found on planet Earth? Why should I trust 
the Bible? And that's not a new question. People have been, have been asking that question for a long time. And Paul's the one who gave the answer to Timothy so long ago. We read it together a few moments ago. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped in every good work. This morning, I want to talk to you about that question that we find explained in 2 Timothy when we ask the question, why should I trust the Bible? And the first thing I would tell you is this. You can trust the Bible because it is God's Word. It is God's Word. It seems so simple to say such a thing, but it may be the most important thing I have to say to you this morning. The truth is, if your plan as I preach today is to take a little nap and doze off, it's okay with me as long as you say to yourself, what did he preach about today? He said the Bible is God's Word. And that's what we need to take home more than anything else in the world. This is what I want you to know. The Bible is not a book written about God. It is the revealed Word of God. You've heard me say before, and you'll hear me say again, that this book is the only thing you can touch on planet Earth that comes directly from God himself. This is not a book of opinions about who God is or what God says or what God has done. This is God's Word. God revealed it. We never discovered it. It all came from Him. 2 Timothy states it clearly. It says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture. That means that the Holy Spirit of God, working through the pens and personalities of His chosen people, inspired every word of Scripture. All of this came from God. Now, he used different authors. That's why you can read through the Bible and you can say, well, that sounds like John. That sounds like Paul. That sounds like Peter. You can read it and recognize God worked through those men and their personalities. But as he worked through them, he ensured that every word they wrote and every word we preserved came from the Lord himself. Let me say it this way. There is nothing in the Bible that is not absolutely true and trustworthy. All Scripture. Every word, every jot, every tittle, it is revealed truth. And that's so important for us because you need that foundation. You need that rock you can build your faith on. And it has to be the revealed word of God. Now that's hard for us these days because the truth is we live in a pick and choose world. We kind of saw a little bit of that with our children's message a while ago. We were talking about the different things that bless us and it reminds us that we really do live in a blessed world. We get to make all kinds of decisions. Whether it's the groceries we buy, whether it's the clothes we wear, 
Even the opinions we hold. We live in a world where we can pick and choose all kinds of things. And the truth is, we've also come to believe as a society, as a culture, and we can pick and choose about the things that matter the most. So that you can have your truth and I can have my truth and they can have their truth and nobody has to uh, have the same truth and all of it's equally true. The problem is the Bible is not a pick and choose message. This is what God would say to you. You either believe all of it or none at all. You take it all or you throw it all away. You can't pick and choose. Now, people have tried to do that over the years. You've uh, heard about Thomas Jefferson's Bible because Jefferson decided early on that he didn't believe in miracles. So he took his copy of the New Testament and he cut all of the miracles out and he made his own Bible of the things he really wanted to have in Scripture. But in doing so, he took away so much truth because everything he took away is something God had revealed. We don't live in a pick and choose world where the scripture is concerned. Not long ago I was watching a video that featured a, a debate between a believer and a skeptic and they were talking about whether or not you can trust the Lord, whether you can believe Jesus Christ truly is the Savior. There was a discussion about how much of this is really true? And somewhere in the midst of it, the skeptic said in a very flippant way, everybody knows the Bible is full of inconsistencies. Everybody knows that there are things in the Bible that just don't gel together. The thing that astounded me was, and the believer just sat there and let him say it. And didn't respond. And I sat watching that video and I thought, when that man says, everybody knows the Bible is full of inconsistencies, he only had one simple question he needed to ask. And that simple question was, such as? Because I'm pretty sure his skeptical friend would not have been able to come up with an example because the truth is, if there's ever been a consistent book written in this world, it is the Scriptures. For thousands of years, unbelievers have sought to expose and disprove the truth of Scripture. And they all have one thing in common. They are all gone. And the Scripture remains. One of the most incredible things about the Bible is that it was written by so many people from so many places, from so many backgrounds, in the midst of so many situations over hundreds of years, and yet it is entirely consistent from beginning to end. The truth that you find in Genesis and Psalms is the same truth you will discover in Luke and in Revelation. It's all consistent. Some years ago, 
A hard-nosed Chicago journalist watched with growing alarm when his wife became a Christian and she became active in an evangelical church and she began to talk about her personal relationship with Jesus. And this journalist, who was a hardcore atheist, was convinced, not only has my wife lost my mind, her mind, my wife has joined some sort of a cult and I've got to do something to set her free. So Lee Strobel put on his reporter skills. They set out to show how deceived his wife had been. He did his research. He conducted numerous interviews. He examined the evidence of history and science in order to disprove the Christian faith. And instead, he discovered how consistent the Bible was, that there was no conflict between faith and learning. At the end of the process, Lee Strobel was surprised because he became a Christian himself. And he wrote a book about his skeptical journey that he called A Case for Christ. And it has touched lives all over the world. Today he has no doubt the Bible is God's Word. You can trust the Bible. It is God's Word. Timothy also tells us you can trust the Bible because it is God's authoritative word. You know, so many people have the wrong impression of what the Bible is. They really think of the Bible as kind of a little devotional book. You know, you can read a few words here, a chapter there, maybe one of the Psalms, and it'll just make you feel kind of nice inside, give you a little warm thoughts. But they think it really doesn't speak, not real truth, not to real people like me. The truth is the Bible, the people who are featured in the Bible are folks who come from a different place and a different time that's so different from our own. Those people had no means of mass communication. Those people had no real technology. These people couldn't get in an airplane and go from one place to another. Their lives are completely different from mine. So when I read the Bible, I'm really reading about irrelevant people from a a long long time ago but the truth is this while the things around us may have changed we have not while our technology may be different human nature is exactly the same today as it was when those peoples were living their lives whose lives are contained in scripture we have the same dreams and desires they had. We experience the same temptations. We fall to the same sins. I guess when you think about the fact that human nature has never changed, you recognize, you know, one of the things that's always been very easy for Satan in this world is this. He doesn't have to come up with new temptations. He doesn't have to devise new sins. You know why? Because the old stuff still works. We still have the same sinful impulses. We still have the same selfishness. We still have the same ways that we fall. And it's just like those people you find in the Bible. So when you read about them, you keep running into yourself through their example. Whether you're studying Abraham or Moses or Peter or Paul, they were struggling just like you do. They were tempted just like you are. They experienced your fears, your hopes, your desires your needs and you recognize not only does the Bible speak it speaks to you authoritatively about the things you're going through in your life 
The Bible speaks clearly to who you are in your heart of hearts, and it speaks about what God wants you to know. From beginning to end, the message of the Bible is simply this. Thus saith the Lord. God says this. All you can do is accept it or reject it. But he says it. 2 Timothy says the Bible is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. What exactly does that mean? Well, it means the Bible tells you what to believe. The Bible tells you how to behave. The Bible tells you when you do wrong. The Bible tells you how to make it right. That's pretty much everything you need, isn't it? What to believe, what to believe, what to, how to behave when you do wrong. How do you make it right? The Bible speaks with authority, and God expects you to pay attention. In fact, as long as you let the Word lead, God can bless you. But as soon as you turn away from His Word, you forfeit those blessings. Over the years, I've called that stepping out from under the umbrella, the umbrella of God's truth, God's blessing, God's presence. And as long as you stay under the umbrella, God keeps you safe from the elements and the things that are roaring around you. But if you get out from under it, the blessings go away. The protection leaves you. You recognize you're in trouble because you're all by yourself. Here's the thing about the Bible. When God reveals something to you, he expects you to apply it to your life. God has, the Bible has no... Uh, the Bible has no means of just saying, I want you to know something so you can know something. I want you to have an intellectual appreciation so you will know what it says. The Bible says, I want you to know it here so you can apply it here and use it here. And in fact, when the Bible says no, what the Bible is really saying is do. When I know it, I do it. And the Bible speaks with authority so that the Lord can say, this is how I want you to live. This is what I want you to do. This is what I have in mind for your life. You can trust it because it's God's authoritative word. But you can also trust the Bible because it's God's transforming word. It's not a collection of facts. It's not meant to sit on a shelf or a coffee table. The Word has the power to change lives. Hebrews 4.12 says it is living and active. That means it dynamically transforms lives. Have you ever read the Bible to discover what God is saying to you? You know what I mean? Not just so you can say, I read the Bible, I did a chapter a night, I read through the scriptures in a year, I read the Bible. Have you ever read the Bible to hear what God is saying to you? You know how you can tell? You can tell because if you've read the Bible to discover what God is saying to you, then you're different. You can say, this is how God changed me because he spoke truth into my life and I recognized things needed to be different. The Bible is a transforming 
word. You cannot study it openly and seriously without being confronted by the Spirit of God. He's going to meet you there. See, here's the amazing thing about Scripture. It's not that you just read the words on the page. It is that as you read the words on the page, the Spirit of God goes to work in your mind and in your heart, and He shows you things that you can't discover by yourself. And as you discover them, you are transformed. It changes what you think. It changes what you believe. It changes how you act. It changes what you treasure. It changes everything about who you are. But most of all, the Bible wants us to know you can trust the Word because it is God's compelling Word. It drives you to faith in Jesus Christ. The Lord didn't give us his word just so we could know his commandments. The Lord gave us his word so that we could know him. This is where I discover the Lord. Timothy Paul declared that the man of God may be complete. We are meant to be people who are made complete in Christ the Lord would say to you this I give you my word and you can trust it because as you trust the word I make you more complete not just his truth not just directions for living it leads us to him and the Bible is about God revealing himself to people he loves and wants to save when you read through scripture one of the things you discover is time after time in working in those people he encountered he shows you what he can do for you as well it is a compelling challenge when he spoke to Abraham he revealed himself as one who can be trusted when he guided Moses he showed himself as the one who must be followed in the life of Daniel God revealed himself as the one who protects his own. But most of all, in his word, he reveals himself in Jesus. Jesus, who said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Who did not hesitate to say, my truth is my Father's truth. The words you hear from me, they come from God Almighty. And they still do today. We are compelled to trust Jesus who redeems, who heals, who offers forgiveness for sin, who freely extends salvation to everyone who will believe and receive him as Savior. The Bible tells us the truth. You can know Jesus as your personal Savior. And if you don't have any other reason to trust the Bible today than that simple fact, then that's all that really matters. I read the Bible because in the Bible I come to know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord.
And he reveals himself because if I'm lost, I need to be saved. And I need to trust him. And to trust him, I need to know him. And to know him, I need to know that that book tells the story of Jesus. And it tells it with every word complete. So I can trust him and be eternally saved. And if you are a believer, then you recognize I need that word because it tells me about Jesus. And the more I know him, the more I love him. And the more I love him, the more I trust him. And the more I trust him, the more I follow him and obey him and depend upon him. Maybe today is the day when you need to let God's word lead you to your Savior. Maybe you walked in this room today and you were not a Christian. The truth is you might have known some of the facts, but you don't know him. You've never trusted him. He's not your Savior. And today you recognize that's what I need more than anything. I need a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in a minute, if you need to know Jesus, we're going to stand up and we're going to sing an invitation hymn. And all you got to do is come down here. I'll be here at the front to meet you. And you take me by the hand and you simply say, Today I want to know Jesus. And I'll introduce you to the Savior. Or maybe you're here today and you're recognizing, you know what? It's time for me to make a deeper commitment to trusting God in his word, to trusting the Savior and walking with him. And maybe today's the day you need to just come and say, you know, pray for me. That my commitment to the Lord and his word will be deeper than it's ever been before today. I rededicate myself to him. Or maybe you're here and you're recognizing God wants you to be part of what he's doing through this First Baptist Fellowship. And you need to join the church and you can come forward and, and I'll help you to, to identify with First Baptist so you can follow the Lord in a place where his word is honored and where his lordship is declared. Maybe there's another decision. We're going to stand, we're going to sing. As God speaks to your heart, you come. Let's stand together. Let's sing.
invite you to be seated again just for a moment. Yeah, I'm making sure I had it right. Eddie Marshall, y'all come on, come on up and join me. Many of you have already gotten to know Eddie and Marsha Card. They have been involved with our church for some time now and have been involved with our choir ministry. Uh, Eddie is retired minister of music, and we're just so glad that they're here and they're coming to bring their letter today from Wyuka Road Baptist Church in Atlanta to be part of what we're doing here at First Baptist Church. And if you want to let them know how glad you are that they're coming to be part of our church, you say amen. Oh, that sounded pretty good. That says welcome. We're just so glad y'all are going to be part of First Baptist. These, these are delightful people. If you haven't gotten to know them yet, you're in for a blessing. All right, let me just invite y'all to sit down just for a minute. All right. Scott and Frieda, come and join me. Interestingly, some of you know them better than I do because we just met this morning. But they have been here. They were here on the Wednesday night when Judith and I were away on vacation. And we're back this past week and met with our choir. Also a retired minister of music. Scott and Frida Finley. When I met Scott this morning, he said, and you need to know I am Mark Finley's brother. Now, why is that important to me? Because Mark and Terry Finley were part of our church in Haleyville. And... Uh, and, and in fact, Terry was our church pianist and is still their church pianist and, and great folks. And they also have come because they want to be part of what God is doing at First Baptist. And we're just excited that they've come and made this decision and just stepped out. And we're looking forward to, I'm looking forward to getting to know y'all better and get to spend some time together. And so glad you're here. If you want to let them know how glad you are for the decision they've made, you say amen. And I think that's a pretty good welcome, too. We're just so glad y'all are going to be part of our church. And, and we're excited. And Judith, I'm going to ask you if you'll take these two couples and back to the lobby. And you'll want to come by them in just a few moments and greet them and let them know how glad you are that they're going to be part of First Baptist. They're going to be a great addition to our family. And I think I heard Jeff amen the loudest a while ago. <laughs> and if you're going to join the church you might as well join the choir right <laughs> looking forward to tonight can't wait to see you this evening as we share our time outdoors so let's take a moment let's stand we're going to have a closing prayer then you're going to want to go by and greet these folks and welcome them to First Baptist we're just so glad that they're going to be part of our fellowship and uh, so let's join in final prayer and then one last song before we dismiss. Father, we do thank you for these who have come to be part of our church fellowship. We pray for the Cards and the Finleys that you will use them to bless us and use us to bless them. And Father, that together we can be a blessing to your kingdom. So Lord, we just want to pray that you continue to be with us as a church as we follow you and trust your guidance in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is trustworthy and true. Thank you, Father, that we can build our lives upon the truth of Scripture. So help us, Lord, to trust you, and especially your Son, Jesus, who is so revealed throughout the first to the last pages of your holy word. Bless us, Lord, as we go from this place. Bring us back tonight as we gather for our special time outdoors. And, Lord, in it all, let Christ be glorified. 
And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.